downtown southern maryland it's time for years of resistance that's dedicated to bring you the latest in open source hardware news tips and tricks for building electronics raw uncensored open source uh two weeks since our last episode and i think last night so we're going to try to tap into some of these newses newses news stories um but first, I want to give a big shout out Audible. You can head over to audibletrial.com and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial, which you can then in turn use to buy or download or purchase a audiobook. Um, I pay for my membership to there, my first uh, audiobook which I will be listening to on my commute. Overcoming the unseen forces that stand in the way of true inspiration. <clears throat> Basically, it takes a look at um, this oriented company and making uh, CGI animated film development. There's always that issue of the inventor's dilemma, right? That you have one big uh, or the gal, and then next thing you know, your second iteration, you struggle. You can't cope to kind of learn and get out of this book, this audio book. And so I'll be listening account. Um, and it gets you access to, again, I think there's a, after, so after your first month, uh, it'll renew automatically at 14, nine, if you're okay. You know, if you've been a member for a while. We'll sell you extra credits. If you buy them up front for if you listen for me, I don't listen. Basically I listen to audio kind of things in the car. Um, maybe an hour. So, you know, I get, It'll, I'll get, you know, good two, three weeks out of it or now off to compete with the wife on credits. Anyway, I uh, hope you go sign up again. If you head up to audibletrial.com slash steampowerpodcast, that gives them holy crap. Was there a lot of news this past week? Um, so the, I guess we'll still, uh, fight legal fight in the Arduino world. See Arduino, um, are launching a new brand for exactly, uh, they're calling it a global sister brand. Um, uh, Massimo Banzai Banzi. Um, oh, um, I guess the legal implications that the other company name Arduino, which is unfortunate, um, <clears throat> behind it. So, um, We'll see. We'll see what this all means. Uh, who's based out of New York City uh, to do U.S. manufacturing of the Genuino. We'll see where this all goes. I know they announced the Arduino.cc folks. I don't know if any of those new boards that have, uh, like the tray that have been, you know, last week we covered the whole thing with Microsoft and dealing with Arduino. So me, I saw it last Saturday night at like, you know, midnight. So uh, what... Um, this all means, but um, we're going to be uh, as named comes out um, June 9th. The story goes, Bonsai also announced the first product design and produced in their Bangalore, India office called the Modulino and make that their product and then just different, you know, the different character Modulino um, and then kind of, you know, unfortunately 
you know, maybe it'll get resurrected one day when one of the companies kind of essentially that, you know, your next Arduino may not be an Arduino. You may be buying a Genuino next. Meant to uh, stand for genuine. So anyway, Raspberry Pi has um, announced that they're dropping, uh, especially on the heels of the other news story, which is the Kickstarter, the world's first $9 computer. They set a Kickstarter goal for 1,500 backers as of the time of this recording and have raised uh, about, have backed at the $9 uh, version, um, which will get me. But uh, so but basically, what is chip? Um, and and then $9 computer. If you want to do an apples to apples with the Raspberry Pi, so let me back up all from USB or from you know like a battery pack, um, and it's a one gig processor, five hundred twelve on board, uh, five hundred twelve megs on board RAM for, um, and the chip itself, I guess we're or compo- composite video out. So on board you can plug in like that you know the big old fat. Or I don't. Computer monitors usually don't have it, so it would have to be attendance to at, at higher pledging levels to get. They are going to also sell an HDMI, plug it onto that, and um, you get more standard. At least in the computer, the price gets up to like what's here? What's the beginning price for the VGA HDMI adapter? Which again, kind of gets you back up to the Raspberry Pi price. If you pledge at the forty nine dollar level, you get what's called a pocket chip. Which is a little display, has a little keyboard that kind of lets you have like an all-in-one computer. That to me, has at least that little Game Boy kind of feel to it. Um, chip, plug it in. Um, what I have to say is an innovative product. What I mean is that it's not, it's just like, oh, we're not going to just take the Arduino and save a few cents and make it cheaper. This actually looks like it's a potentially um, that people can design on. Um Different take, you know. The, the, you know, obviously, um, there's a million and one things you can do, um, but these guys really open source hardware. Uh, at least they're using the logo. Now, obviously, um, those religious fat. You know, I'm not a fanaticist on open. You know, you know, open source means that literally everything on the chip has to be open source or on the board has to be open source. Uh, we'll all be doing our own chip foundries in our basement. Um, but anyway, um, check it out. Well, there's a lot more details in there. It talks about the, the USB ports that's on there. Uh, but yeah, dollars. Um, it's at the end of the day, it's like there's the playing around, making things have fun. But then there's this production side where production and these kind of things, when you're getting into $9, you know, and I can, and I don't have to worry about going back and redoing the power management and re- rethinking. Um, I'm all for it. Um, there is a $700 CNC machine volume. Uh, let's see here. The standard one gives you a 12 inch by 12 inch would give you, um, 800 millimeters by 800 millimeters workspace, which they say is enough for a um, anyway, $700, um, were probably about a year ago. Now they're down. You can get a good one for a machine. Um, you may want to try X cars. This is, or it's projected to have a three to four week ship time at this point. 
So it looks like they're going to get their own social network. Uh, the Pope, the people behind uh, Maker, a, and I guess this is, I think this has actually kind of been around. And I, cause I remember signing up maybe a couple weeks ago for an invite, still haven't got it. Community of the Maker Space, of Maker Fair. Um, and in, at a bigger, bigger kind of, Irony and success, right? That, you know, open source, the make distributed, non-centralized, <coughs> very cut in the success. You know, now we have quote unquote official communities and, um, I'm glad to see at least, you know, we have other social medias other than just post or la- latest celebrity gossip. So if you want to sign up for, um, and if you're in, let, let us know, you know, what, what do you see? Is it like project? Curious to see. <laughs> then we're not going to do that one either. Uh, Sam, they are working what's called the Arctic platform, which is an Arduino things uh, applications. They are arm. They are built on ARM. Based. Three versions right now: an Arctic One, Arctic Five, and the Arctic Ten. The Arctic Five and Ten also Zigbee. And Thread wireless connections, which I think Thread is kind of a industry, certain industry companies are getting behind as a way to kind of standardize on how to, you know, just like the, the TCP IP protocol of the internet as a whole, your temperature, there's got to be a way to standardize that. I think that's what, Thread, you know, Arduino is taken seriously enough to where um, companies see the value in the open source um jaded about it and figure out, you know, that's just another business trying to make money. Um, sure, they are, all businesses are, even little rinky-dink businesses like mine. Um, but I think, you know, we're going to, um, flight, I'm only, my, my excitement is only, that has been a 25, 30 year, uh, extra sucked in. To truly do it right, if you want your house truly, completely integrated, I hope that, you know, hope Internet of Things learns from that, uh, failure. Um, all right. I think that's the news stories for the week. Um, and recording. We're about, well, we're only about 10 minutes in. That's pretty good, I guess. Or did it make another track? Anyway. So, uh, this week, um, wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, something different. It's in line with, it's not, Electronics per se, but it is, um, uh, kind of again, the, we're talking, you know, part of this, the goal of this podcast is also to talk about, um, you know, kind of business kind of things, how to launch a business. So I wanted to kind of take a little tangent off the electronics and talk a little bit about another side of, uh, at least my business and a little bit of my workflow and then hoping maybe to stir a conversation on, you know, what are other lessons learned, what are other people doing? All right. So with that in mind, I want to talk a little bit about 3D printing today. Um, and not so much as from building a 3D printer, um, from scratch or from a plan or, or whatnot, but kind of talk about the value of, of 3D printing when it comes to, um, building enclosures, building projects, um, and having the ability to wrap it prototype with a 3D printer. So, um, you know, prior to this year when I would do kind of projects that required, um, that required enclosures 
or kind of mechanical bits. Um, two options. Usually for electronics projects, you, you know, we'd all go to either Radio Shack, God, you know, rest in peace, um, <laughs> or some other distributor and we would buy those little black or silver aluminum boxes, project boxes or project cases. And we would drill holes for like the LEDs and switches. Um, and you know, there's, a, and not to say there's, there's, there's a lot of options, but you we would kind of be, um, the project would be at the whim of whatever case we could get access to. Um, so you got to kind of, you know, that kind of, affected your design because if you know if you've ever built anything you realize you know it's one thing to build a circuit board with the electronics then you've got to worry about you know how do i build the wiring harness to you know take all the external interface stuff and and get it to my board and you know drive leds or drive displays or push buttons or switches um so you would kind of you'd have to kind of you know make your circuit board kind of work with whatever enclosure you could get. Well, 3D printing, at least for me and the way I'm using it is now that kind of has changed. Now I'm not limited to the, the case being, or even being a constraint in my design of the, of again, the electronics of the PCB, I can design my circuit, however I want, however efficient, however, whatever, you know, I try to do standard boards, you know, square boards, rectangular boards. But if I were so desired to do a round PCB of a certain dimension, uh, now I'm not limited in in finding a case um, that meets my specific size. Because you know, you, you maybe you could find a round case, but maybe it wasn't quite the exact dimension, so it would be a little too big. Maybe it's a little too small. Um, and of course, you know. If you were so inclined and your business was, was large enough, yeah, you could probably do injection molding. Probably you'd have to buy like a minimum of a hundred, uh, units to really make it worth your while or make it, <laughs> maybe make your while, but make the, uh, you know, the, the manufacturer to even be serious about your business. So, you know, chances are you would get it right, but there's also chances you would, not get it right the first time. So you'd have a, a batch of a hundred that you kind of just have to, you know, throw away. Um, and, and, and to be sure that in terms of time, you know, injection molding is still more, um, more efficient. Um, especially if you're going to be, again, doing a production value of any significant size, you know, if you're going to do more than 50 or a hundred things, um, yeah, then there's the economics come into play. But a lot of the work that I do in the, this prototyping world, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm doing, uh, as a consultant, I'm doing, um, proof of concept and then I turn over design files to a customer and then it's, you know, up to them to go figure out if they actually want to monetize and go into production. Uh, a lot of times it's someone wants a, um, some sort of microcontroller-based project, and what I'll do is, you know, I've got a lot of parts on hand, um, just due to doing this for, you know, almost 20 years, you accumulate enough crap um, that you can uh, 
usually I can usually build a working prototype um, with the parts on hand. Sometimes I'll have to, you know, get on Mauser or whatever and get an overnight delivery or from whomever. Um, and then it's just a matter of a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, you know, do a perf board, uh, solder it up on the board. Um, and then now what I do is I will go ahead and take the dimensions and, uh, you got my little calipers out and figure everything out and then just go ahead and, uh, Either using, uh, usually I'm using what's it one two 3D Maker or SketchUp to do um, a real basic board or a real basic, um, you know, kind of not the most sexy case in the world. Not necessarily we're going to be going after you know the next iPhone success kind of look, but um, felt enough that. It, it's this way. It's better than what I would have been in just going out into Radio Shack and buying a project box. I can kind of tailor it. Um, what I'll do, there's this, um, I'll, you know, with raised lettering, I'll do like, you know, instead of printing out labels, I'll actually, um, like if I print in a lighter material, a lighter a plastic, what I'll do is I'll, I'll print the, um, the, Either the instructions or you know, labels for comparts, uh, on the case itself. And then I'll just take a little marker and go over the raised lettering so it kind of stands out. Um, and then that's something that I can then, you know, put in a box, mail it to my, my client and let them play with it and see if it's really what they want. Um, being able to get closer to a final product sooner. Um, at least with my clients seems to make them happier and happy clients are, you know, hopefully repeat clients. Um, and I think, you know, without 3d, pr- a 3d printer, um, you know, I don't know if, if, you know, it, my production value would not necessarily be as, What's the word? Professional? It doesn't look as quite as professional. It looks, it just, it, it brings it up a notch. And, um, I've been very happy. And, and again, you know, there's, there's tons of printers on the market right now. And again, cause I'm not, I've, you know, most of my designs, at least on the circuit board, um, I'm usually no bigger than kind of like a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino. So, you know, printer, you know, I'm using the printer bot metal simple. I don't need it, which has like a, you know, a six inch by six inch by six inch print volume is more, uh, than enough. Um, it's potential and I could see that, you know, one day it's probably, I could go up to probably something that has, you know, a cubic foot build volume. Um, but for now it works great. And, um, Again, there's tons of open source software to, to do the design in. Um, there's even and paid versions. Now there's, I'll point out, I, I recently signed up for, um, one, two, three D apps from Autodesk and, um, more for the, the SketchUp and, and, or not the, their 
yeah, their competitor to to uh, sketch up. Um, what was it? And there's, you know, there's also another, they have a part of that package is robust and it's not the, it has, doesn't have the biggest parts library, but it is a kind of a way to do, you can drop an Arduino and you can program the Arduino inside a browser, breadboard and put down your buttons and LEDs and wire it up and write code and actually simulate your project. But then again, I'm paying, I'm doing the pay free, free model, freemium edition, but in the paid version, you can, SCAD, um, computer aided design that, um, STL file. And you can do it, you can view it again in the browser. Um, but I'm really, I'm hoping that we're, you know, we're not quite there yet. We're very much these kind of, you know, you know, maybe late seventies, maybe early 1980s. Are, you know, there are now some legitimate big name companies getting into the, into the mix like Dremel and how much value did this whole to, to being able to consolidate the workflow. Um, but I could conceivably, you know, doing my circuit board, getting that minimized, efficient S one and enclosure. Um, and then with, again, the open sky, you can still, okay, here's your, here's the, the, the 80% solution. Now I can go there and give them a little bit of a curve or, um, you know, but fleet scratch again, just makes my workflow so much faster. And I think that's, that's a lot of pain in the butt frustration that when you're doing maker work, you know, maker for fun is that you really do kind of weed out, you know, cause do I want to do because I want to do it and, and how much of it should it be? I should, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of us, especially with a project that's personal, we want to do everything from, and, um, that, and that, that's good because that, that's the learning process, but you also get to the point where, um, you know, you, sometimes you, you've, you've just got to make it work. And, um, having a business built on that has kind of made me to the, has given me this insight of, of, okay. Yeah. I, I like sitting here sketching up my little doohickeys. Um, nothing, there, you know, none of them are usually anything extraordinary. Um, the enclosures are probably the prettiest looking thing, but you know, a lot of times when it's how do I attach a, a servo or a step promoter to something else? Like there's a project I'm working on right now <clears throat> that deals with, um, uh, there's a mechanical, uh, device that already exists and I'm simply taking a stepper motor and I'm attaching it to it. And while it's fun for me to sit there and design it, um, it's now means that I'm doing, it takes me away from doing coding, you know, working, reworking my code, um, to add feature sets. Um, so it basically what I guess I'm getting at is, um, the value add, where's the value add and, and what can be leveraged. And that's, you know, so the bigger conversation today is, you know, for, for the purposes of you're starting your business or you're running a business um, based on a hobby or a passion that you have, um, you've got to figure out, and this is very hard, especially for engineers, to let go of the things that just don't matter. Because you're like, well, everything matters. 
Um, I had, you know, quality, it's my name. It's, it's my business. It's quality is everything. And that's true. The final product is yours. And if you're not happy with the final product, don't ship. But to get to that final product, um, you have to understand that there are things that are more valuable, more value added that, um, perhaps are more challenging. That's another problem with engineers when we get frustrated. We, we tend to go back to that which we know and we try to avoid the stuff that was hard. You know, if you're an electrical guy and I get frustrated with the mechanical stuff, I just leave it aside and don't care about it because to me that's not important. That's not what I know. When spending a little bit of extra time on a good mechanical design may, you know, help make the overall product and experience better. Um, so... That's where these tools and, and, you know, granted, not, you know, not everything is open source. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we do live in a capitalist, uh, um, market economy. Um, and you've got to just find the balance of, you know, three, a couple things. It's what can I do versus what should I do? And, um, when is, you know, using something that is not necessarily a hundred percent open source, um, still good enough? Cause, you know, and so here's the thing, like with Raspberry, like Raspberry Pi has gotten so much love and attention. Well, but at the end of the day, the Raspberry Pi, um, even though they've put out their design files, um, uses a lot of non open source components. And I don't know if they actually the design of the Pi itself, um, is open source. Whereas like with Arduino, you've seen, you know, there, there are, have been knockoffs of Arduino, um, because the, the Arduino is in fact open source hardware. They, they, they say here, go, that's why you've, you've seen things like, you know, they had the flora, but then, you know, Adafruit did the, uh, or the, the lily pad and then she did the flora. Yeah. Other way around. Uh, but you haven't seen like, you know, blueberry pie or, uh, cherry pie, uh, because at the end of the day, the, the, the raspberry pie is, is not, um, and yeah, you know, but it, again, is it, has it been, has it not given way to other open source products and projects? Because here's the thing. I mean, if I, so long as what, <coughs> If you read a lot of these licenses, I can if I take something and put it into my product and then I build around it, if I then in turn give away all my source and my design files, well, that's still open source in my definition. And I think even in the, the official uh, open source hardware definition, that holds true. So that, you know, even though you use something, the silicon, especially, again, chips themselves, um... You know, just because you use something that's not open source hardware, so long as everything that you do and the value you add afterwards is open source, then by all means, call your product open source. Um, but again, this goes back to this whole conversation and the bigger picture. Um, and again, starting your business and things like using 3D printers um, and using open source hardware, open source software is, again, Finding the time, finding where you add value, finding where using something off the shelf, um, is good enough so that you can, so you can focus on actually making, um, 
the product that you want, you know? So that's the point. The, the long story of today's uh, episode is, you know, focus on the value add and don't try to in- reinvent everything from scratch because, you know, there's the, the business cliches, right? You know, it's time to market is, you know, everything, you know, some, a competitor could come along and, and take your idea and now you've lost out. Um, cost schedule performance, you know, engineers, we focus on the performance side. We don't always look at the cost or the schedule. Um, but I, I think from the innovation perspective is the t- if, if I spend, <clears throat> I want to do as many innovative projects in my lifetime as I can get to. Um, and then launch them and then have the community refine them. Um, and maybe again, because the beauty of the open source is if I release it under open source licensing, you have to take any modifications and release it under that same license. I can over time pick and choose the, the, and this is what I mean. Basically, this is what Arduino has done. Um, and it's, it's, you know, legal issues aside, it's working and they're still in business. Um, and you know, I think potentially both Arduino's, um, having an Arduino.org and Arduino.cc may not actually be a bad thing. You know, there's the, you know, the idea of fracture, but I think, you know, Massimo is doing the right thing and saying, Hey, guess what? We're going to come up with an alternate brand, but we're still, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still competing on principle of, of open source hardware. You could argue the other guys are not so much, but the market will respond and, um, victors will be decided. But I think having competition is, is better, um, for everyone. That's my rant for the day. All right. So that wraps up another week of the Gears of Resistance podcast. Um, going to try to do a couple more interviews here in the next couple, maybe not next week, but the week after we'll do some interviews again. But, um, and then I've got some how to videos coming up. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about op amps and circuits. Um, yeah, there's also, oh, there's an app I wanted to talk about. So a lot of my projects I do, um, Android for obvious reasons to write apps. But, um, you know, there, there has been some legitimate concern about, Hey, what about, you know, and iOS? Um, and granted, I don't I haven't learned iOS development. Uh, at least not at the level that I need to be able to do like Bluetooth enabled apps, especially Bluetooth low energy, which is even a pain with MIT's app inventor. Um, but with that said, so I, my next, the project I'm doing is an Arduino or iOS with an Arduino. And I found this little app and I have a little concern about it. Uh, it's called Arduino manager. Make sure I get the right one here. Um, my issue with it is, um, it's expensive. It's a little over 20 bucks when you include the two in-app purchases that, eh, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, yeah, I knew there were, I mean, it, I, Apple does a good job of saying, Hey, this has in-app, in-app purchases and you can read what this in-app purchases are. Um, with that said, and, and the person that puts it out is, you know, their website, and the explanation is decent. Um, 
I kind of think, you know, maybe offer it for $12 and just include everything would be a better deal. You know, split the, split the difference a little bit. Anyway, uh, the cool thing about it now that I've complained is that basically you can add all these widgets like buttons and switches and LEDs and you, you kind of put them on your, your, this little grid of things on your computer or on your, uh, iPhone. And, um, you can then automatically generate, and I've specifically, this has been, I've been using an RF Duino, um, for a current project. Um, it generates the source code for your Arduino. So you, you say, okay, I'm going to have, I want an app to control this, my Arduino. And it's going to, to do that, my app, I want to have a button. I want to have, I want to get an indicator. I want to have a switch. Um, you know, and then over Bluetooth, you're going to communicate to your, your Arduino. Uh, and it's going to send you data and you're going to send it commands. Um, this kind of does the framework for making the app. And it's basically says like for a button, right? Uh, when I press this button, I want you to send over Bluetooth, the letter a, okay, well it writes the code that says, Hey, Arduino has received the letter a, then you can go in and, and write your own code. Okay. Well, what do you want the Arduino to do when it receives? So if you're really starting off, it is really cool to help get you started. And again, the nice thing about this one again is it works with Bluetooth low energy, um, which for whatever reason is a pain in the butt and the MIT app inventor hasn't gotten there yet. But this app, uh, Arduino manager from Laura Vellani, I'll put a link to it. It was pretty decent. Uh, anyway, so that's going to be the new, that's, that's, that's gears of resistance for this week. Um, Head on over to gearsresistance.com where you can find links and send comments and, um, to everything we do. Again, we're still kind of linked at the hip with a lot of open source or a lot of social media through Steam Power Podcast because frankly, I don't, uh, I don't have the heart to set up yet another social media event or, uh, accounts. <clears throat> so, um, Steam Power Podcast will always be the, the parent and Gears of Resistance is kind of like my little spinoff to do focused in depth on open source. But we do have our own website and you can find links to everything, uh, from there. And, um, yeah. So with that, thank you all, uh, very, very much for listening. And, uh, until next week, keep it quirky.